Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. We just got a quick episode for you guys today. A lot of people wanted Marcus and I to do some debate wrap-up. And what a debate it was. Of course, that was this following Monday. Roughly 84 million people tuned in on television and many more millions tuned in on the Internet. And uh, PBS and C-SPAN were not recorded as well. So if you missed that C-SPAN audience, that's at least... A half of a person. (laughs) Someone who is just about to die was watching the debate and they could not be happy enough with their age so they don't have to live another day in this country. Um, So basically the debate, in my personal opinion, the expectations were so low for both sides. I call it a draw. I mean, basically the expectations for, for Hillary Clinton were no exaggeration. Will she stay alive? Yeah. Like, will she fall over? Will she stay alive? And the expectations for Donald Trump was... Will he whip his dick out and measure it on stage? <laughs> and so basically he did not do that and yeah. she did not die. So uh, that's why I'm calling it a draw overall. I, I don't even know how. I mean, obviously, uh, on the merits of what a debate is mm. and what a presidential debate is objectively. Like, let's just look at it objectively. 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 Of, course, of course, Clinton won objectively but these things aren't well, judged objectively i mean what's the point of don't tell that to drudge reports poll <laughs> according to that one donald trump got 105 percent of the vote <laughs> yeah, according to drudge report and every other ballot that 4chan and uh yes reddit ballot stuffed i will know, say and- these these trump supporters they're your kind of folks they know how to navigate the internet oh, and Jesus they definitely Christ. skewed all of those internet polls in favor of mr donald trump yeah, I'm just not quite as angry as they are. No, you're not. Boy, howdy, are those 4chan Donald guys angry. And the Reddit uh, Donald guys. Boy, they are super angry. Back up. Boy, howdy? You're throwing out a boy, howdy? <laughs> yeah, this is your how, third time you've ever done a boy, howdy. That's how angry they are. That's how serious I am about this, Ben. I'm wow. pulling out a boy, howdy. Those Trump supporters, boy, howdy. <laughs> They're angry. Hey, but you got to ask yourself, what is the presidential debate in 2016? What is the presidential debate in this election about? about what is it for like what uh, was it what was the point of the this debate straight pageantry uh you know if you look in if, if, if yeah if you just listen to the debate there is no denying 
um, that Hillary Clinton, in my personal opinion, came out on top. Of course. You know, she knew what she was talking about. And if you watch the debate, uh, it started off with Donald Trump, I thought, coming out very strong. I would equate him to someone like the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're young guns. <laughs> they got Westbrook. They got Kevin Durant, although no Kevin Durant has been traded to the Golden State Warriors. But back in the day, mm -hmm. when they were all still together, they were Lob City, super exciting, but they didn't have a lot of longevity, and they would lose a lot of games in the fourth quarter. Hillary Clinton is the San Antonio Spurs. Extremely boring, monotonous. First quarter is the exact same as the second, exact same as the third. But at the end of the game, she has someone to take the winning shot for her, a.k.a. her intelligence in this situation. So you're saying Hillary's brain is like Tim Duncan? Boring, <laughs> slow, productive. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. And Lob City, although it looks great on paper and it sounds really fun and you want to get the crowd cheering, it doesn't necessarily equate itself to a victory. Yeah, that's it exactly. He did start off strong. He started off worryingly strong uh, well, when you're, you know, like watching it, like, you know, he's getting his message across. He's obviously got his talking points. His talking points is that your, your experience is bad, uh, mm -hmm. that, you know, government doesn't work. You need someone. You need negotiator. You need a businessman. I mean, it was all bullshit. Mm -hmm. I mean, none of it really made a whole lot of sense. And of course, it runs uh, contradictory to how government actually works. Uh, but it sounded really good. And that's all he needs to do. All he needs to do well, is is sound good uh, without being a dickhead uh, and without being a bumbling idiot, which... You know, eventually he fell into that territory. He got to. He got there. Don't even. <laughs> don't stress about it, Marcus. He got there as soon but, as as soon as like Hillary attacked him, started attacking him personally. Uh, as soon as I mean, the really the turning point was the 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 tax returns. The tax returns. But I argued on Sirius Radio last night. I actually don't think this hurts him that much. I also want to discuss. No, of his course it doesn't hurt him. That I want to much. talk about his sniffling, and we'll talk about the <laughs> memes that immediately started as as soon as everyone picked up on his uh, strange strange Neil Young esque. <laughs> uh, at Woodstock coke habit that he seemed to have developed over the uh, over the night. Um, but with the tax returns, when Hillary is like, you haven't paid, you've paid 0% in federal income tax, which I believe is probably true. The only times he had to reveal his tax returns were certain uh, when he was trying to buy casinos mm -hmm. and they needed uh, to prove that he had as much money as he had. When he acknowledges that, when he, when he says it's because I'm smart, I don't think that necessarily plays out in the worst way for him because it does acknowledge what he has been saying is that the system is completely flawed, completely rigged, and he is running against a system that he has um, benefited from. So it's this strange sort of counter, it's, it's kind of counterintuitive. Yeah, it is. But I don't think that necessarily hurts him in the way that a lot of people thought it might because the idea that he's like, this sort of proves his his overall point that he is smart enough to get around all the rules and when he's the president of the United States he's going to get he's going to be smart enough to get the US out of all the around all the rules yeah. of NATO of of <laughs> of torture uh, you know of god knows what against uh, else international treaties yeah i mean that we can get around international treaties and and, and deals they he deals. can get he can get out of uh, he can get out of paying taxes so we can get out of deals we can get better deals uh and, but uh, it doesn't really make any sense. Like it, it doesn't really make any sense how exactly he's going to do it. No, because he has no plan to actually do it. Yeah, of course. But it all um, sounds good. You don't worry about blank. I'll worry about blank. That's what. I mean, that's what he does. That's it. And that's the entire thing in a nutshell. But it really, I don't think it did hurt him that much. I think what it hurt him most uh, was uh, on the fence Republicans. 
uh, people mm. who don't want to vote for Hillary uh, but are extremely unsure about Trump. I think that's probably who it hurt him most with. You know, people well, who are lifelong Republicans, uh, but he, that's who he has to win over. But those people, I think at the end of the day, are either going to vote for Trump or they're going to stay home. He wasn't able to figure out a way to actually defend himself against a lot of the allegations that Hillary Clinton was making, and which were extremely simple. One of the great ironies is uh, Lester Holt, who I actually thought did a fine job moderating. Conservatives were so upset because he Ugh. asked Donald Trump six follow-up questions, Hillary Clinton zero. But in my opinion, if you're on stage... Uh, you want to be talking. If you know what you're yeah. speaking about, don't you want to be talking? I thought that Donald Trump, and I'm not sure what the exact numbers were, but I believe he got more speaking time because he just wouldn't shut up. He interrupted her 25 times um, in 26 minutes. Well, in the first 26 minutes, he interrupted her 25 times. But he did it so seductively. <laughs> and he was getting better and better. He was wrong, wrong. Wrong. And then it was wrong. I mean, it was... <laughs> Melania was like, I know those lips. <laughs> Disgusting to even think about. Yeah. But um, I yeah, thought- if, he, if he would have asked Hillary Clinton more follow-up questions, uh, then they would have said sure. that she, they gave her too much time. But also Donald Trump had every right in the world to ask Hillary Clinton follow-up questions. I'm, in, I'm on Team Holt on this one. I thought he did a good job of just staying out of it. Some people were... You know, you're, you're, these moderator jobs are almost impossible. Ugh. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Uh, you know, everyone is going to, uh, whoever loses the debate is simply going to blame the moderator. And that's why it's interesting that the Republicans and the Democrats didn't want somebody like a Gary Johnson on stage to then take the heat away from their candidate not being able to speak. And that's why Donald Trump was able to benefit from an 18-person primary. Oh, yeah, he faded into the shadows. He averaged roughly 10 minutes of speaking during all those 18 minutes. Uh, all those 18 primaries. And, and so for him to have to do a 90-minute one-on-one debate, something that Hillary has done nearly uh, over 30 times now, a lot of people are saying, well, some people who really want to look at the at the bright side of what Trump did on Monday night, the fact that that was his first 90-minute debate one-on-one, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Again, he didn't whip his dick out and measure it. <laughs> Which I'm, The bar for Trump was so low. Yeah, I mean, he is the final round of roller skate limbo. I mean, it is the bar is is six inches off the ground, and there's only one kid who's double jointed with backwards knees that can get under it. Not me. I just stepped over. I would crush limbo. I didn't even understand that you weren't supposed to. You'd start at five feet. It's not crushing. I would, I would step over it. I'd say, you, you freaking morons are going under it. You know what I'm thinking? Outside the box. Thinking outside the outside box. Outside the box. Not Make, playing the game. Not playing the game right. Getting it's like kicked bring, out of the roller skating ring. Yeah, it's like bringing a baseball bat into a bat, basketball game. But who wins? <laughs> the men with the bat. You can't be playing baseball during a basketball game, but I guarantee you uh, the, there won't be a lot of points scored against you. Uh, I'll agree with that completely. But that is exactly what Trump is bringing, a baseball bat to a basketball game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but he has to get better if he does want to compete with Hillary in a national stage. You know, when they were talking about race, which I thought, you know, there's nothing more sort of ironic and mildly atrocious Two old 70 year old, basically 70 year old white people talking about race relations in this country. country. You could argue that, you know, between uh, Donald Trump and the Central Park Five rhetoric that he put out in the yeah. uh, late 80s. Remember, early he 90s. said that he called for their execution in, in an ad in a newspaper. I ad. believe in Union Square. I think he wanted to hang them from uh, the, the statue of George Washington. A bit of an exaggeration, but he did call for it in a town hall, in a, in a town square type setting. Like, yeah. I mean, a lynching. Uh, basically, it yeah. was, the bloodlust was there. And then, of course, we talk about it all the time. The, the, 
the um, atrocious policies of the 90s when it came to uh, when it came to Clinton and uh, and the uh, militarization of cops and and the overall uh, extension of the prison industrial complex. So yeah. both of these people talking about race. I mean, I think it's mildly laughable that either of them would have the uh, ability or the actual personal um, will to change any of the race relations that are currently happening in this country. I mean, it really tells you what I mean, it's a Trump definitely played to his base on this because Lester Holt asked, how are you going to improve race relations? And Trump said, stop and frisk. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> increasing, I mean, increasing. Like, we like stop and frisk yeah. was a big thing here in New York. We have a lot of friends uh, here in New York City, uh, a lot of black friends that were stopped and frisked many, many, many times. And trust me, it does not improve race relations in this country. 80, well, the problem with stop and frisk, it was federally found to be unconstitutional because 80% of the stops are happen to be are against Latinos and blacks. I don't think the policy itself is unconstitutional. I think it's the over policing of small minority groups that make it unconstitutional. Um, the the law when the when the judges came down, the police can still stop and frisk anybody that they want. Right. They just have to make sure to get a nice, you know, collegiate lawn. They have to get a nice <laughs> mena- a, a menagerie. Yeah, the menagerie. Yeah, yes, they, they, they got re- to get a real good college pamphlet. Yeah, you got to get a good college. You want your Asian. You want you want two whites. You want a couple of blacks. Bring in a Guatemalan. <laughs> you know, really, you know, and a Native American. If you can get one, then you, you're stopping frisk. It's completely fine. <laughs> but there is no denying that Chicago is in complete shambles. Uh, you know, the last time Republicans had control was a year before sliced bread was invented. It's the Democrats' fault what happened in in Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, Barack Obama's number one dude, the current mayor, it borderline recalled because of the recent shootings. I believe that was a McDonald. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not sure if that's the correct last name, so I apologize. There's a, quite a few to remember. <laughs> quite a few. Um, so when Donald Trump talks about it, I mean, you know, everything he's saying is bullshit because, of course, he was also sued federally in the, uh, I believe it was the early 80s, maybe it was the late 70s when it comes to housing discrimination. 1974. Yeah, but um, remember, he wasn't, uh, there was no indictment. There, there was not, nothing came against him. Zero admission of guilt. Zero um, admission of guilt. Which, and zero admission of innocence, too. Yeah, I don't think he's innocent. <laughs> I'm like, pretty sure he's like not a, innocent. Yeah, there was zero admission of any sort of in, innocence there. Like, what right. he what he actually said was insane. So like, we have the private sector who screws over black people because of their business policies and the public sector who screw people over because of their policing policies. Yeah. So basically, uh, in my opinion, that whole race conversation was moot because both of them are have, have blood on their hands and both of them are guilty of the discrimination that that now they are so um, staunchly against. Yeah. So I, I, I mean... But I, they got, I mean, they gotta say something. I know you have to say something. <laughs> they I do they, understand. They can't, they can't but, just say like, sorry, I'm an asshole. I can't, I can't speak on this. But wasn't it a, it was just a conver- the race conversation just turned into you don't like black people and I'm like, yeah, I don't like black people, but I like them uh, slightly more than you like black people. <laughs> I let like, one into my country think, club once. Think about it. <laughs> so, that was a big deal. That was a real big deal. You know, I let a, I let a rich man into my country club. Uh, I mean, nice? and that's that's how he sees race relations. That's how he sees yeah. as him being uh, progressive is that he let a rich guy hang out with other rich guys, you know, with no. And well, then when he talks about uh, poor black people, he talks about them like they live in the seventh circle of hell. You I know, mean, like he talk, he I think talk- he talks about poor white people like that, to be fair. Also, <laughs> I don't I think he is. He's a he's a uh, he's a. Um, no. What, what do you call someone who is just it's, it's economic based bias? I mean, yeah. he wants if you're not wealthy, you're scum. 
Yeah. So I don't know if the race of the person matters as much as the color, uh, how much how much of the color green is in their pocket. I don't know. I, I think what it, when he talks about uh, poor whites, he talks about bringing jobs back. He talks about yeah. how this kind of, you know, he talks about like, let's give you, let's get you jobs. Let's get you back to work. When he talks about poor blacks, uh, he talks like, okay, let's get the gun out of your mouth. Because obviously, let's get the hail of bullets out of your ass. Because what I mean, he talk, he doesn't talk about jobs. He talks about, uh, he just talks about violence. He looks down on them as these sorts of like violent animals. He doesn't see them the same way he sees poor whites. He doesn't I mean, make the same promises. When, he doesn't make yeah. the, he doesn't make any of the same points. He talks to them differently. When talking about Chicago, though, it is it is interesting to think about. Um, you know, I think it's roughly twenty five hundred people that have been killed alone in twenty sixteen. I think the number might actually. Should be higher than that. There is a massive problem in that community, and no one is taking it. No one is caring about it because Republicans don't give a shit because they're racist, or maybe it's just not a constituency that's going to vote for them. And Democrats just want them to maintain poor, uh, maintain poverty, so then they're forced to vote for them so they can get uh, government funds, you know, to, to feed their family the next year. So it's really a it's a double prong problem. And you know, I mean, I was talking to Kevin Barnett from the Roundtable of Gentlemen. Chicago was so bad. Lil Rel, who was on the show, Friends of the People. It was a great show on True TV. He's a very established stand-up comedian, Lil Rel. Uh, I think he's a special on Showtime. And he was he was going back to Chicago, and uh, he was going to do a show on the South Side. So he like did an Instagram. His Instagram is hilarious. It's very positive. <laughs> he is, he's one of those guys where it's like, oh, like I don't know what kind of drugs you're on, but I'm not even sure if I want them. Molly, you're, you're too happy. Maybe Molly. <laughs> No, yeah, he's one of those. He doesn't do any drugs. He doesn't. He doesn't okay. do anything. That's his whole thing. Is high on life. Yeah. Oh, what is? Oh, I don't get it. It's the worst drug of all. But he said so. He's like he is like hashtag Southside, and his entire Instagram feed was filled with people being like, "You're not a member of a gang here. What are you doing? Don't come back here." And theor- this is someone who should be praised in that town because he got out. He's doing very well. He has multiple television shows. He has multiple stand-up specials. And because he's not part of a gang or part of a tribe there any longer, they're demonizing him. So the problems in Chicago are real. Of course, Donald Trump is not, like you were saying, is not the best spokesperson for defending the individuals of that crime-ridden institution right now. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, of course, I I mean, I definitely agree that violence is a problem. Of course I do. Uh, He just looks at, uh, he just looks at the two races extremely differently. All right. Well, speaking of other, just a couple of white guys talking about race. But you know what? I think we do it fine. You know what? We're white guys talking about race but we're white guys talking about a white guy talking about race so i think bam we're good we're fine (laughs) no obviously but speaking of race and women this was a big winner i thought for hillary clinton uh there was somebody who had a bet i'm sure that said if rosie o'donnell is mentioned in the debate you have to slam an entire bottle of whiskey (laughs) and the person who's just staring at that whiskey like half drunk already being like she hasn't been mentioned yet we're almost in the clear five minutes left in this debate and then boom Rosie O'Donnell, somebody had to slam a bottle of whiskey or eat a raw egg or something. There's some disgusting bets about it. But Hillary made some really strong points when it came to indicting Donald Trump on his sexist rhetoric. And there is no denying what he has said about women and men, for that matter. I mean, he is a, he is mutually offensive, I suppose. Although with women, it takes on a sexual connotation with, and a physical connotation. Yeah, it's much um, worse. Although he did call Marco Little Marco. <laughs> so that's sort of a size thing. But yeah. uh, she brought up Alicia Machada, who was crowned uh, Miss, Amer- Miss Universe in 1996. And it, it's, she ran an ad as soon as the um, debate was over. Did you see this ad? 
I thought it was really powerful. So basically, this woman, she wins Miss Universe. She, she should be extremely ecstatic on top of the world. Donald Trump takes over the Miss Universe pageant and just immediately starts calling her fat in public, makes her do a um, makes her go work out for the cameras to prove that she's like staying in shape. She is a beautiful woman, always uh, has been beautiful. She maybe gained 10 pounds. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, and the sexist things that he would say about her, you know, we're on we're on the po- calling people pigs and slobs and disgusting. I thought Hillary Clinton had some really good. That was a good moment for her. And I think it definitely was something that Donald Trump wasn't able to squirm his way out of. He doubled down yeah. on calling Miss Universe um, Alicia Machada uh, fat at the end, like literally just was like she put on 50 pounds. What do you, you know, what do you want me to do? Mentioning Rosie O'Donnell. I think he has no comeback for the claims that he is sexist or at the very least his rhetoric is going to be seen that way. And frankly, I don't see how else you see it. I mean, she got a double pronged attack there, too, because not only was he sexist with that woman, but he was also racist. He called her Miss Housekeeping. Miss Housekeeping. I mean, it's like she was able to come in with both of those things and and he has absolutely nothing to say uh, to either one of those. And and I think that's I think that attack ad that that Clinton came out with with uh, with Trump saying all those terrible things about women. I think that's really going to resonate with a lot of people, or it at least will. I fucking hope it does. It will, but you know, Donald Trump also promised in this next debate he did miss the opportunity. I think in his mind he was going highbrow, or maybe he was just so shaken and on his uh, on the back of his heels like a bad line dancer. Um, I'm surprised he didn't bring up Bill Clinton. Well, he almost th- did. He almost yeah, he, did. Know, he wanted points for not bringing up yes. her husband's infidelity, which is tra- the trashiest thing. That, uh, you know, yeah, that's it's, it. it's the trashiest thing since the thing he did the day before. What by, do you expect, uh, By fucking threatening to bring her, uh, Jennifer her husband's Flowers. former mistress yeah. to sit right in front of her. Well, what do you expect when the only national publication that endorsed him is the National Enquirer? <laughs> and and Breitbart is the only online publication that, in, that has endorsed him. What do you expect from a candidate that, uh, like that? I mean, that's yeah. exactly the kind of guy that he is. And that's the exact kind of tactics he's going to be using. I mean, Roger... Roger Stone, as much as I uh, you know, respect Christ. the fact that he is a he's a maniac, <laughs> and I, I love how dirty and disgusting politics are. But my God, I mean, the man is not the man's known for orgies. Yeah, and he's not exactly going to be like, let's go highbrow on this one. So. I guess Donald Trump, if he wants to get some points for not bringing up Monica Lewinsky or um, this, the bevy of other women uh, that have accused uh, Bill Clinton or or at the very least um, have been with Bill while he was in the White House, I suppose he gets a point. Although, quite frankly, at this point, just throw it out there because you're not going to do yourself any uh, harm at this uh, any longer. You know, no one yeah. no one's going to, no one watched that debate and was like. You know what? I think Trump is really classy. He didn't bring up Hillary's husband fucking a bunch of chicks. <laughs> like, no one thought that. Actually, so you might I, as well just be yourself, Donald. Actually, I think a lot of people, I think well, quite I, a few of his supporters thought that. It was really classy. You really could have, but he didn't, you know? I, I, can, I can see, I'm picturing 10 dudes yeah. that I know personally that probably had that opinion. Actually, 10 dudes and two women. Well, I guess it was... Well, he did show some restraint, yeah. so we have to give him some credit for that. I guess. Um, but, you know, it, it was interesting. Uh, the Taliban was also watching in Afghanistan, and I read this article. They were upset with the debate because at no point were they mentioned. At no point was really, uh, you know, ISIS wasn't mentioned very much. Foreign policy wasn't mentioned very much. People saying that Donald Trump um, didn't do as well as he could, but he did a good job. Again, going back to what I was saying previously, this is his first 90-minute debate. 
They weren't talking about anything. They were talking about very simple domestic issues. I mean, obviously, as simple as domestic issues can be. But when it comes to foreign policy, I mean, Hillary Clinton is just going to destroy him. And I would assume the next debate, one of the next debates, um, will be solely about that. Unless, of course, Donald Trump takes Rudy Giuliani's advice, which was don't debate anymore. Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. That schmuck? Of course I heard that. Don't debate I anymore. I mean, that's totally insane. And of course, Donald Trump will be debating. Yeah, um, I of mean, course he will be. But, you know, it, you know, back to Lester Holt for just a little bit. You know, people are talking about, oh, you know, Hillary, he gave Hillary so much red meat. He gave Trump red meat, too. That cybersecurity yeah. question was tailored for Trump to take oh, totally. Hillary Clinton down. Like it was That was one of the biggest gimmies that I've ever seen. Uh, and Trump just... Whew, so, I mean, I don't even know if he swung. I don't think he brought up the emails. And he I, brought them up once, yeah. Yeah, yeah was, he, he brought them up once. Uh, and Or do you mean Lester Holt or Trump? Trump. I don't, I don't believe He brought it, him up once. Did he bring it up yeah, once? Yeah, he brought him up once, and, and Clinton had this big thing where she said, uh, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done it. I'm right. sorry. I apologize. That's right. That's uh, right. And then, no, and then the, he didn't hammer her on it, which yeah. he totally could have. You know, uh, but I don't know. Was his microphone not working? Oh, well, Was who his knows? microphone not working too good? I, I like, think everybody heard him just fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he man. was definitely All fiddling with it quite a bit. Yeah, because he was bombing. Well, and he seemed to be bombing other than, I believe, again, the first 30 minutes where he came out swinging. I think he's definitely going to have to tailor his energy into a, in a into a longer format. I was watching with Meghan McCain and Clay Aiken. <laughs> Clay Aiken's a very nice guy. <laughs> He was an I'm American sure. Idol. Yeah, I know. Th- I know that. Yeah. So why aren't why aren't you being nice to an American Idol? I'm right being totally nice to him. He was listening to Frank Luntz. Frank Luntz is the famous pollster. He does all the focus groups. Mm. And as soon as um, it, it, it started and people were sort of 50-50 in Frank Luntz's focus group. And then and this is for, I believe, it's not Fox News, but Frank Luntz is by no way considered some hardcore liberal or hardcore, uh, hardcore conservative. He gave it 18 to 2 to Hillary Clinton. So most of the reputable polling people and most of the people who, uh, you know, are relatively trusted in the polling game, especially when it comes to, um, you know, getting, um, what do you call that when everyone's just together in a room? Uh, Focus group? Focus groups. Focus groups. Uh, It seems like Hillary Clinton won overall. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of, of course she did. I mean, there was no real. But, uh, yeah. Again, Trump did not whip his dick out and measure it. Yeah. Which the, I think is very big. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. That. That's it. The the expectations for him were were so low that. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's depressing. Well, I mean, that was. It is interesting, and I'm not sure if it's. You know, it's. I think there's two issues with Hillary Clinton. I think there is some innate sexism. Okay, so let's just put that out there. There are some people who won't vote for her because she's a woman. Oh, a woman. I also believe there are a lot of people who will vote for her, vote for her solely because she's a woman. Yeah. I think I, so. In my opinion, those sorts of things always kind of even out. She does put herself on a pedestal when it comes to being the most experienced candidate in history. This is how she's marketing herself. And if you look at the resume, I don't think it's it's very difficult to deny that she is. Mm-hmm. So her her level uh, is going to be much much higher. Then Donald Trump, again, this is his first debate ever, first time running for any public office. The fact that he won the nomination is absolutely astounding, horrifying, but, you know, a real indicator of what new technology will be doing to our presidential, uh, you know, candidates from here on out. Mm -hmm. So Hillary is going to have a higher bar of excellence, and that is a testament to her track record and, uh, and, and all of the work that she has done in the past. 
And that's how she's marketing herself as the most experienced candidate in U.S. history. So if you want to be the most experienced U.S. candidate, uh, U.S. presidential candidate in history, then you better, uh, you know, then you you, you got to get an A every single time. Donald Trump, if he gets a C, it's a passing grade. And I think it is, again, because of some innate sexism and then also because of what Hillary Clinton, they set the bar very high for her campaign. Donald Trump was going in there, no debate prep. Like, this is what he was, he was braggadocious about being an idiot. Yeah. Well, you know? oh, yeah, of course. I mean, that's, that was this whole Amer- thing. It's fucking America. That's right? it. <laughs> like, I, didn't, I didn't even try. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then when you fail, you can, you can lean back on that and be like, no, I'm not an idiot. I, did, I didn't try. As opposed to trying. And when you try and you fail, then it really hurts. Yeah. It hurts like a motherfucker. You know? And I, I think that's a lot of the people that uh, that are so behind Trump that they've got the same anti-intellectualism. Uh, I mean, this sure. is the peak of anti- This is Anti-intellectualism has been on the rise in the country for, I mean, years upon years upon years now. Uh, getting on decades. And Trump is the peak of anti-intellectualism. You know, the the, the proud to be ignorant. Like, I don't read no book. Well, like, people that, you know, they, they just have something against... Being smart about trying, about well, effort. They just have something against it, and that's why yeah. they love Trump is because they it looks like there's no effort. Well, hell, he brags about there being no effort. Exactly, exactly. You know? And you know, but and I, he's a cheat, and he's a liar, I and he's blame, a thief. I blame the uh, you know the religious right for a lot of that, but I also blame the identity politics of the left for that. You know, you look at these college campuses. When I was a sociology major, oh, this has been going on long before this whole. No, I'm just talking my personal experience. Okay, when I was a sociology major, I was just stunned. It's so simple. It's so easy. All you say is this group is this is is branded like this. This group did that to this group. It's very bland. It's very generic. It's very trivial pursuit pie. Everything stays within its uh, borders, and that's how you can view the world. But it's really dangerous. Dangerous because the world's fluid. Everything is a bizarre shade of gray. Yeah. And so identity politics have led to the anti-intellectualism along with just like exactly what you were saying, anti-science, anti-math, uh, you know, common core coming through. The, uh, the right has screwed us out of, of good educations in, in states such as Texas. And of course, Texas has a massive play in um, national education because they sell so many damn books. You just got no idea how bad um, education is in Texas. Well, the textbooks, it's, so it's California and Texas that create the majority of textbooks for the country because if you're a textbook maker and you're not selling to Texas, you're out of a job yeah. because it is a huge state that you need to make sure that you're in every classroom of. And unfortunately, because of the way the politics of Texas are, you're not going to get uh, the greatest textbooks on the face of the planet because of, in, according to them, George Washington was Jesus. <laughs> And the, and, the, and the world started 600 years ago, Damn. you know, in a lot of. And then in California, they have their same. But the inverse with their liberal uh, liberal politics, with identity politics, not, no one is getting taught anything that matters anymore. So I agree with you. The anti-intellectualism of this country is really stunning. And, and it's sad to start seeing it in in uh, in our presidencies. Yeah, we've in seen our presidents. It, yeah, we've seen it completely. I mean, that's I mean, a- the fact that Obama gets demonized for talking professorially. Yeah, is upsetting to me. I think he could emote a little more emotion and understand when the nation is mourning. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's nice to have someone who is articulate, who actually thinks things through, regardless if you agree with the final decision, you know, for a fact, he had a rational thought process process getting to it. Yeah. Trump's thought process is going to be, you know, like, uh, like, uh, what was it? Woody Harrelson from a uh, true detective. 
It, what you, you know, it's just going to be a bunch of lines, and it's going to be insane. Oh, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Matthew McConaughey? Matthew yeah, McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. It's just going to be a bunch of yarn no, and it, pictures of foreign <laughs> leaders, and, and then he's just going to throw a dart or whatever the hell it is. No, it's not going to be anything. He brags about not thinking about decisions. Like right. He's written in his books about how uh, when he stopped thinking about decisions, that's when he started making the great ones. But then like, Hillary is going to have a Rumsfeld situation where they're like, this, this uh, activity happened, this activity happened. How do we make these activities mean that we can go invade this nation? Yeah. Whatever it might be. I mean, 9-11, they were just like, let's connect it to Iraq. And if you start, like we were talking about on the last episode, if you start with a, with a premise, you can just circle your way back and find the logic to it. Mm-hmm. You know? So anyway, everything is going great. Um, <laughs> the nation is doing better than ever. I feel a little, actually, I do feel a little bit better after this debate than I did before this debate. Yeah. Uh, I, I, now that I really see, it's like, okay, yeah, Trump can be, he can be knocked down. You know, the, it's not going to change anybody's, of course, nobody's mind is going to be changed in the hardcore camps. My mind's not going to be changed. Yeah. Hardcore Trump supporters, their mind isn't going to be changed by anything. Like, it doesn't matter what happens. Our, our minds aren't going to be changed about anything. It's just the people in the middle who have been too goddamn busy in their own lives to really pay attention to stuff now yeah. uh, that are still going to vote, that still want to vote. It's those people that actually matter. At least that's what I hope is going on with I it. I think so. I mean, I think it's a real benefit. I think it's phenomenal that we had, again, taking into the account Internet, C-SPAN, and PBS that weren't counted <laughs> because they're still just counting cable boxes at home. I think roughly 95 million people watched it. Yeah. It was the lowest Monday night football rating in history. I think it's really good that Americans are paying attention to politics. Yeah. And hopefully they're getting the right message. I mean, hopefully they make the right rational decision. It is really sad that Gary wasn't there. I think he could have been, he could have added some much needed um, substance to the conversation. I don't know. Um, but it is what it is. I would have liked Gary Johnson to be there, but. I really do think that uh, if Gary Johnson would have been there, uh, Trump would have done his shadow trick again. I think it's it, possible. I think it would have been Clinton. Yeah, I think it would have been Clinton and Johnson debating actual ideas and issues, uh, and Donald Trump slinking back and waiting for that big sound bite. And that's a possibility. I, I I I wish Gary Johnson could have been a part of this. I wish Jill Stein could have been a part of this. But now it's like I was saying last week. Now ain't the time. Like it just. It is the time, Marcus. I, it just. It just. It's just not. The stakes are just too high. No, if you. I said it on radio, and I'll say it again. If you're in a safe state, vote for Gary Johnson or vote for Jill Stein if you want to. Vote third party. We just have to have three parties in this country. I yeah. understand the swing states. I get it. But man, there are there's 32 other states. There are 32 completely safe states in this country. Only 18 that are mild, mildly up for, or 12 that are mildly up for grab, and then uh, like six that are like super actually swing states. I just had an idea. What is this? Maybe I should be a Jill Stein supporter. Who cares? You Go, know, be, you know. Jill, I mean, she's about to get arrested again. She's, she's a bad girl. She's she's <laughs> she is a bad girl. Vote for the bad girl. I like, I like the bad girl. That's Jill Stein. Jill well, Stein's did, bad girl. Did you see? She almost got arrested at the debate. Yeah. Sneaking onto a media uh, bus. <laughs> she got arrested in 2012. This woman gets arrested more than more than our friend Ed Larson. It's because she's bad. She's a bad girl. <laughs> That's correct. Um, anyway, so we just have to, we'll keep it to the debate wrap up. I do, next episode, we have to take a week off because we're going to be in the UK. Yeah. Which is going to be so exciting. So we'll have a bunch of information on Brexit and we'll get a feel for uh, what those what, what they're feeling over there. Um, but we got to talk about it at some point here. The Bridgegate scandal with Chris Christie. Oh. It would be so fucking great if he went to jail. <laughs> I would love that. Oh, what do you mean there's only three meals a day and I don't like 
like my meals square. I like them round. <laughs> Such a prick shutting down the bridge, shutting down the damn highway system. Yeah, and giggling the whole time. What a what a monster. Well, he's a Trump supporter, so that doesn't bode, bode well for Mr. Trump. No. Um, anyway, uh, let us know what you think. Go to the Ablegans Top Hat Facebook page. I uh, would love to hear your thoughts on the debate. I know I think there was a couple of little polls there. It seemed like the majority of people thought Hillary won. Some people did think Trump won, and a lot of people also thought neither of them won. That's kind of where I am at this point because we haven't seen a major, a major shift in the polls. Um, the Reuters poll that came out right afterwards the next day had Trump up. Um, it, it, actually, nothing changed yeah. because the margin of error on this shit, I think it was a, it was a, there was a 3.5 margin of error. So we'll see if they shift anything. Yeah. But we have two more to figure it out, and uh, I think it's going to be exciting. Yeah. We'll, we'll see if Trump can get any more intelligent, and we'll see if Hillary is going to be able to like maintain her uh, grasp of the issues. I mean, I, I mean, she she was uh, again, she was the San Antonio Spurs. Mm-hmm. She was boring but uh, effective. Didn't take a drink of water the whole time. Trump took so much water. Trump was guzzling. That was, he was so uh, weird. He, he made was, fun of Marco Rubio for months because he was drinking too much water. Yeah, Trump had a ton of water, constantly fiddling with the uh, microphone, sniffing a lot. Yeah. He did look uncomfortable. He looked hot, high. He might have been high. He looked at. He looked a little uh, like he was. I mean, that was like Adderall. That wasn't cocaine. Like I don't well, think it was cocaine. But he he definitely no no. It he was, looked on. He looked a little upper. He it's looked, a he conspiracy. A no, what happened was. No, a, I mean, that's a, not really a conspiracy. A Clinton I mean, a staffer one is. A Clinton staffer gave him a wedgie right before he went on, and he couldn't get it out of his grondel. Uh-huh, and and he so was, he was just shaking it out. You can't pull it down. Once you're on, you give someone a grudge, a wedgie right before they go on stage, they got to leave it. Yeah. I, honestly, I don't think he wasn't on drugs or anything no, like just, that. I, I think that's dumb. That's but, he he was, it was, but he was obviously um, extremely uncomfortable. He looked uh, uncomfortable. It, he yeah. looked super uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, and I know, like, when I go on stage and do stuff, I do that same thing. Drink a lot, sniff, you know, fiddle with stuff. You do. <laughs> I fiddle a lot. That's right. Because I'm uncomfortable on stage. Oh, you got you. You're getting so much better with being on stage. I'm getting there. You're over the stage fright. Um, let's see. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, check Marcus Parks out on Twitter and Instagram at Marcus Parks. I'm on Twitter at Ben Kissel. Instagram at Ben Kissel One. We're gonna have a bunch of fun pictures from the UK coming up. I really can't wait for this next week. And, it's gonna uh, be great. Yeah, we love doing the show, and you know we're crushing it. Uh, last podcast is number three right now on comedy iTunes. Uh, top hat. We are we're, we're we're beating Glenn Beck in Canada, <laughs> so we're getting there, and uh, we're gonna keep on doing this show. The more and more listeners you can tell uh, turn on to it, uh, please do. I, I feel like, you know, this is a comedy, a political comedy show. People hate politics because everyone who talks about them is such a divisive asshole. Yeah. And I think people really like the fact that we're not that. I mean, we just try to get the issues out and have a little, uh, have a good time with it because at the end of the day, we're all just in this together. And quite frankly, we don't have that much power. So we're just trying to uh, get as much as humanly possible. Yep. Try to grab it up. Grab it up. Um, all right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com.